Welcome to the podcast of Azel Christian Church. We are a Disciples of Christ Church community in Azel, Texas. We invite everyone to be who you are with us, the doubting, the believing, the wondering, and everything in between. On this podcast, you'll hear our pastor, Reverend Ashley Dargai, preach on how the expansive and generative love of God is seen through Jesus, the prophets, the early church, and the faith forebears, and how this love helps us care for the world more deeply and faithfully. Sometimes it's messy and tough, but it's good news, and it is for you. He began to explain to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled just as you heard it. And everyone was raving about Jesus. So impressed were they by the gracious words flowing from his lips. They said, this is Joseph's son, isn't it? And then Jesus said to them, undoubtedly, you will quote this saying to me, doctor, heal yourself. Do here in your hometown what we've heard you did in Capernaum. And he said, I assure you that no prophet is welcome in the prophet's hometown. And I can assure you there were many widows in Israel during Elijah's time when it didn't rain for three and a half years and there was a great food shortage in the land. Yet Elijah was sent to none of them, but only to a widow in the city of Zarephath in the region of Sidon. And there were also many persons with skin diseases in Israel during the time of the prophet Elisha, but none of them were cleansed. Instead, Naaman the Syrian was cleansed. When they heard this, everyone in the synagogue was filled with anger, and they rose up and ran him out of town, and they led him to the crest of the hill on which their town had been built so that they could throw him off the cliff. But he passed through the crowd and went on his way. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I said last week that the text we read was only half the story. And today we finish the story. So, previously on Days of Our Epiphany, (laughs) long lost beloved Jesus returns home after making a name for himself out on the open road. Was this the Jesus they remembered? Or had he become an enigma, a miracle worker and prophetic teacher? After a dramatic reading in the synagogue, he had the whole room captivated. Could the town be revived again? Would the hometown heroes return? Or are things not as they seem? Will his return be full of emotional twists and turns, severing familial ties and resulting in his death? Will this story end on a cliffhanger? Find out today on this episode of Days of Our Epiphany. (laughs) We pick up where we left off last week. Jesus has read the scroll of Isaiah. The spirit of the Lord is upon him. His work is to preach good news to the poor, free the captives and the oppressed, and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, which invokes the ancient concept of jubilee, a blanket debt forgiveness and emancipation of the enslaved, an essential reset of society. And he rolls the scroll up, hands it over, and sits down. And just as everyone thinks, that the Jesus they know and love is finished, Jesus pipes up one more time. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled. Well, so far, so good. Sounds great. Looks like it will be a lovely Saturday morning at synagogue with this sweet reunion. 
The crowd beams with pride. They receive his words with graciousness. They whisper among themselves, what a fine young man. Isn't this Joseph's son? Think about Jesus' origin story here. Isn't this Joseph's son? We don't know. If Jesus would have just kept his mouth shut from this point forward, maybe this story, maybe his life story, would have ended differently. If only. This next scene is often seen as the synagogue taking an abrupt change of tone. That somehow their unbelief, their lack of buy-in to Jesus' mission is what makes them rage with murderous intent. But if we're paying attention, it's Jesus who changes the tone. Perhaps provoked by these whispers of claiming him as one of their own, of possessing him as any group does of the ones who grow up among them, Jesus turns around and confronts them. And he anticipates their next step of expecting him to perform the same miracles in his hometown that he did out on the road. Well, if he'll do it for all of those on the outside, then surely he will do the same for the place from which he came. But he assures them that this will not be the case, that never is a prophet welcome in his hometown. Just as Elijah reached outside of his group to feed a widow, and just as Elisha reached outside of his group to heal a Syrian man, so too will Jesus reach outside for his mission. Now, I don't know about you, but I certainly do not like for people to yell at me from a place of assumption out of seemingly nowhere. And this crowd of synagogue attendees did not like it either. In fact, so the story goes, they ran Jesus out of town to the edge of a cliff so that the story does end on a cliffhanger of sorts. But Jesus somehow gets away. It's like watching a scary movie. And in the beginning, the family is so happy and they have a trusty dog and plans for the future. And you just keep hoping that they will decide to not go into that abandoned building after all, or their dog will not investigate the strange noise out in the wood. And if they just minded their own business, maybe they could continue living happily ever after, a nice, normal family life in a cabin in Pennsylvania with their dog, who will not become a conduit or target of whatever evil might be lurking out there. But alas, the family goes into the building. The dog investigates the sound. Jesus opens his mouth. Now, we know, of course, that this is an intra-Jewish conflict. And we are not Jewish. We're Christians in the 21st century, trying to make sense of this argument that Jesus was having with the synagogue, that the writer of Luke was having with his fellow Jewish siblings at the time of writing. So we tread lightly, knowing the assumptions we bring are tainted by time, Western culture, our native tongue of Christianity. And we try hard to avoid stepping on any anti-Jewish sentiment as we wade through this story. Because our beloved Savior was a Jew. His followers were Jews. The early church was Jewish. And it seems strange to me that this story is split like it is in the lectionary. The first half that we read last week seems so hopeful, but the second half seems to steal all the sweetness away. Reverend Barbara Brown Taylor tells of a time when she sat at a retreat and the beginning exercise was to share about an experience when someone was Christ to them. Perhaps you have a story that comes to mind. 
People told stories of a friend being there in time of need, a stranger helping them on the side of the road, a community surrounding them when they had lost everything. The stories were ones of comfort and rescue. But then they got to the last person in the circle who had a weird look on her face. And she said, well, if I'm thinking of someone who was Christ to me, then I'm wondering who has told me the truth in such a way that I wanted to throw them off a cliff. Images of Jesus are all over churches, all over this church. There are the figurines, his face indiscernible except for the recognizable contours of a nose or eyebrows. There's the surplus of pictures in children's books. There's sweet baby Jesus in his mother's arms and the painting in the hallway. There are a few historically inaccurate representations of Jesus with blue eyes and porcelain skin and a 1970s mullet <laughs> that I like to call Disco Jesus. And then there's a painting somewhere in this church, and I'm not going to tell you which one I'm talking about, that I call the I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed Jesus. Obviously, all of our renderings of Jesus, either on a canvas or a figurine or in our own imaginations, are inadequate. Right? Jesus, the cosmic Christ who reigns with God and was with God in the beginning of time, transcends our best conjurings of him. And even if we were to make a mosaic with all of our individual understandings, we'd still not get him right because he has a way of slipping through our hands, slipping through the crowds, slipping out of our possession of him. And perhaps stories like today's help give a more defined shape to the Jesus we know. He is not just a mere gentle shepherd who welcomes children and likes to go fishing with his friends, though he is that. And he is not just the devout boy who likes to spend all day studying the scriptures and being in the temple, though he is that. He's also someone who cuts to the heart of our most protected assumptions of him. The disconcerting truth about this second part of the story is that we are likely the modern-day equivalent of Jesus' ancient townspeople. We're the ones who think we know Jesus best. But what if this week's gospel, the good news, is a call to disillusionment? What if it were a call to drop the scales from our eyes, to eat a meal with a familiar stranger, to open our door to a knock in the middle of the night and suddenly see Jesus in a new light? If we hear that knock in the middle of the night, the one in our hearts calling us to come and investigate what is out there, we might find that we are entertaining angels or we might find that it's a thief in the night. But Jesus, the good shepherd, the son of God and most human one, is also known as a thief in the night. He's wily and slippery, always evading our attempts to pin him down and domesticate him for our purposes. And I wonder if that's what Jesus was getting at with his abrupt change of attitude in the synagogue that morning that in a way he's preemptively preparing them for what is to come. He is not Joseph's son, 
It was a whole thing 30-something years before. He's God's son. And he has been anointed by the Spirit to effectively turn things upside down. And in the process of turning, everything gets jumbled up and dislodged and messy and out of place. And he's saying, this is the way to God getting everything God wants. I promise this is good news. It just may feel like getting hit by something or losing the stability you had taken for granted or seeing the world in a different frightening light. This good news might make you so mad that you want to chase me off a cliff. I'd like to think that at hearing the words of Jesus, Spirit of the Lord, good news, year of the Lord's favor, etc., that I would nod my head enthusiastically and be like, sign me up, Jesus. But I'm afraid after this slippery, not playing it safe Jesus, that I'd be more likely to be the one trying to grasp on to my previous iterations of him, of life before the upheaval, that I would demand constancy over curiosity, monotony over mystery, certainty over surrender, that I would even fail to recognize that it's Jesus at all who is calling us out of our silos and our routines and our well-worn paths of faith, that suddenly, with my extinguished hopes, my suspicions, and my fears, I might find the first cliff to shove them over in an attempt to ensure my own safety and survival. But the good news is that always, always, Jesus will slip through our resistance, our facades, our denial, beckoning us toward the world-altering, soul-blooming, cosmos-expanding truth that will finally bring all of God's children comfort and peace and hope. May we pause when we feel ourselves hurtling toward a cliff. May we allow ourselves to be disillusioned with our tightly held images of Jesus so that we might see the Son of God right before us in our midst saying, today, today the good news is true. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Azel Christian Church podcast. Azel Christian Church exists to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ through meaningful liturgy during worship, a public witness through outreach in the community, the nurturing of the spiritual life of every age group, and the witness of each member through discipleship, baptism, and the sharing of resources. To support this podcast and the ministries of Azel Christian Church, visit azelchristianchurch.org. Here you can contribute through giving online or find our Venmo information. If you're looking for a church or simply want to talk to one of our ministers, contact us through our website and we will be in touch. Talk to you soon.